I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio hey everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the fangirl radio show i'm your host jessica dwyer and with me as always is my robin the ying to my yang miss rachel t moore oh she's howling and i know I did why that. I did that for the wolf Get, see what I did there? Yes. I, did there. I see what you did there. It was, that was punny. <laughs> yeah, well, this episode is for the Everyone's wolf. And in- <laughs> this episode is, in fact, for the wolf. It actually has for the wolf. And uh, Christy Emery from For the Wolf will be joining us later, along with a uh, premiere of their new single, that is part of the new uh, record that Horrorhound Records is releasing called um, Turn on the Dark, which will be available at the Horrorhound Weekend Convention for the first time ever anywhere, um, coming in this March 21st. And Christy is an awesome chick. She's a horror girl, and um, she will kick your ass, I think, too. Um, Yeah, she's pretty awesome. And if you haven't checked out For the Wolf's website, go check it out. Uh, they have uh, some music videos up there for you as well, and you can check like out their re- uh, other releases. And like them on Facebook. It's always important for Facebook. But um, that's later on in the episode, but first we have to get through our Week in Geek, as always. And we're going to start off with the very sad, sad news that um, happened this week. And I've never seen... A mo- and this is number three, and it's the worst one. It's the worst one. It's the worst thing. And uh, I've never seen the number of horror fans uh, I have on my Facebook feed in tears with this. You you realize your heroes when they go. And uh, Harold Ramis passed away this week. And um, it was a shock to me. I, I didn't know that he was as sick as he was. And apparently he'd been sick for quite a while. But they kind of kept it hidden. He'd been keeping it hidden. His friends knew. I mean, he had enough time to make up with Bill Murray and for his friends to come visit him. And But he was only 69 years old. He was young. He was very young. And it, and it was an immune deficiency disorder that uh, he'd been fighting for a very long time. And uh, it's just a, a loss to those of us in, in my age and Rachel's age who grew up with SCTV and all of his films, National Lampoon's Vacation, you know, just Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. And, oh, man. <sighs> Ghostbusters with Stripes, and, and he wrote Stripes, he wrote Caddyshack, he wrote Meatballs, Animal House. I mean, the man... He wrote, he, he wrote our adolescence. <laughs> basically, even Club Paradise, Back to School. I mean, all this came from him, and and it it's just a phenomenal loss to to the comedy genre and to those of us who had these heroes and uh and from ghostbusters because it influenced so many of us as a kid and especially the horror fans and um you know a lot of of my buds online were saying it was like a beetle had died uh because he was this 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 these four guys he was the one of the uh ones a lot of us related to because he was the nerd and he is an icon. Uh, he is an icon. Egon was an icon, and uh, it just it it's just horrible, horrible loss, and uh, it's it's really made a lot of people very very sad. And 
you know, the best way to remember him is to go back and watch his work and be thankful that we have it. Uh, because, you know, you don't think about comedy in, in movies like, oh, Caddyshack is just a, a gross out comedy. Blah, blah. But no, we grew up with that movie. I quote You're really that breaking movie. Up, lady. I, I just, quote that just. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. You're breaking up. You're breaking up. Can you can you hear me now? Yeah, but you're so little spotty. <clears throat> can you hear me now? Is that better? It is better. Yeah. Okay. I'm just gonna have to lean next to this mic. I wasn't didn't think I should have to, but. <clears throat> but um. Yeah, just talk. But you know, you don't think about a movie like Caddyshack being a big deal to somebody it's it's a you know it's a gross out comedy but in fact that movie was part of our childhood to the point that i probably quote that movie at least once every other day you know it's one of those and it just is a horrible loss to everybody and and i've immediately the artwork started pouring out where you have egon walking into the light with slimer his his proton packs that left behind and um just you know that's how <laughs> we're gonna cry on the it, air it's not cool that well you did you see the one of the ghost but the the three remaining ghostbusters having him go into the trap yeah yeah oh, i saw that just... one i think the thing that got me i was at work unfortunately when i started to um see the tweets pour in and i just lost it i was crying so hard at work it was embarrassing but I wasn't embarrassed because I mean he meant a lot to I mean I was I was little and Ghostbusters was a huge thing and SCTV was huge in my family and I had a big crush on him you know forever and he was my first um, geek crush I mean seriously (laughs) yeah yeah no joke and um so to see the impact that he had and how loved he was, and unlike a lot of people in comedy, um, he was known for being a really nice guy, which is not, you know, a lot of comedians are dark or they're full of themselves or, you know, whatever. And he was just really known for being uh, well-loved. Right. And it's just, it's just very hard. It's one of those rough ones. It's a rough one. And none of them are easy, but this one was particularly rough because I didn't know it was going to happen. And I think a lot of people didn't realize just how much of an effect on, on their lives he had until they knew he wasn't here anymore. So um, Harold Ramis will be missed, definitely. And you know what? Celebrate him by watching Groundhog Day, watch a double deal of the Ghostbuster movies, and just be very angry that they're going ahead with Ghostbusters 3. No, they're not. Really? Yeah. They they didn't waste How? any time. They announced they announced that. I think you is quickly. and so they they still don't have Bill Murray on board for that either, do they? Nope. 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 They're going the and point? they're going with the they're going to reboot it. Well, it's not really a reboot, but it's a continuation with a bunch of young kids as Ghostbusters. Ugh. Sorry. Yeah. So just be just just be angry about that, really, and and move on. <laughs> um, now this might not help you moving on. Um, there's a, there was a cancellation announced today um, from the Seafy Channel. And one of the only shows on she there that sci-fi. I actually she's very bitter. <laughs> um, one of the only, one of the few shows on there that I actually watched is now going away, and that's Being Human, which yeah. I find amazing because it's one of the better shows that they have. But at the same time, that shouldn't surprise me. This is what they did with The Invisible Man. So um, Being Human. Well, they this is a... another show that I love. Oh, Warehouse Thirteen, and this is its final season. Yes. Uh, so, so Which that's going is away. Because that's another uh, yeah, one that... You there? Yeah, I'm here. I was letting you okay. talk. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure. It's hard to know now. Okay, sorry. I'm going to give her a little space to edit that. Well, the the thing about Warehouse 13, and kind of with um, Being Human too, is that it was kind of those weekly feature ones that um, sci-fi used to be 
really well known for and that that's what we all went back for and there's precious few of them left right and... they, they don't really have very many of them um i think haven is still on uh but it's it's more like they're going that real reality route it seems on a lot of stuff mm -hmm. and and uh i think I don't understand the uh, being human going away though because it's it's a pretty well known and well liked show. So see, and I I haven't watched the American one very much. Does it diverge a lot in the um, plot from the British one? Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's major differences in this one. And um, the other funny thing though was the gentleman that plays um, Lucifer in Supernatural. Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now for some reason. Mark. Mark, Mark Pellegrino, Mark, Mark, yes. Mark Pellegrino, yes, Mark Pellegrino was a head vampire in um, Being Human, so he's made the genre rounds, and uh, so it had like it has a really great cast. You know, Sam Witwer is in it, and uh, just a lot of good actors. And uh, I just, it's, I don't know, I don't know why Sifi decides to do this kind of thing. I've, I've given up on trying to figure it out. But, well, I think it's difficult so the because they kind of bury them. I think, I think unless you're watching those on, say, Netflix or something, it's hard to catch on sci-fi. I feel like. Yeah, it, it kind of is, and uh, but so yeah, being human is canned. So that's one less horror show on TV, which makes me sad. Um, but what doesn't make me sad? Oh my God! Did it not make me sad? It is. It it made me maybe need a towel or two. Was the Godzilla trailer that was finally released the full length <laughs> two and a half minute Godzilla trailer with Heisenberg versus Godzilla? Uh, Brian Cranston front and center in this one. Just um, and not only that, but. What was there is already people have and I, I'm glad to know it's not just me that does this when these trailers come out where you take every scene and you like go through it with a fine tooth comb <laughs> obsessively to tear it apart to find out just everything. a little I, my husband and I spent three hours the night the Star Trek Into Darkness trailer came out uh, going over it and we basically figured out seventy five percent of the movie and one night <laughs> so there we don't have a problem we're, we're okay um i'm like but i like to do that i want to be surprised and you're always like rachel did you see that this is going to happen i'm like i don't want to know <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes we could be wrong you never but know it, help, it helps you wait though i think i think it helps you when you like i i have to confess that i've done that with only lovers left alive I'm I bet not even you did. Tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the, but here's here's the cool thing though with this is um, this trailer, uh, my fellow obsessive compulsives um, went through, and if you go online, you can find a few of these. But it looks to be like it's not just Godzilla that's in this movie. Um, if you look at that trailer. Uh, they actually snuck in a lot of people think they see the twin girls from Mothra in there at one point in a building that's been busted through by Godzilla um, they are obviously walking through a giant bone rib cage of a big freaking monster in one scene uh, there is a bunch of eggs hanging down from a ceiling that looks spiderish at one point, a giant leg comes down that is not a Godzilla foot that looks very spider-leggy. And uh, <laughs> at one point, if you're looking at the scene um, with the jet fighters that are falling, plummeting from the sky, there is a silhouette flying through the clouds that looks suspiciously like Rodan. So I think this movie, and they've <laughs> obviously... They've obviously um, made this a sequel to the original Godzilla, which is awesome. Um, but they, they, I think, are taking this as an opportunity to relaunch all the giant old school monsters from all of those awesome Japanese movies. Which uh, probably makes you stupid happy. Oh, you have no idea. And not just me. <laughs> I, mean, I have... I, I have 
my geek boner is as big as a house right now for this. I uh, that's I graphic. So, that's unnecessarily it graphic. Is graphic. <laughs> it, it is graphic. Um, so yeah, I think Godzilla is probably going to be one of the biggest mega giant surprise, not really a surprise hits of this of of the summer. Uh, it's coming out in May, I believe, is when it hits. And uh, oh my god, I can't wait to see this in an IMAX screen in 3D, just throwing crap at me, throw buildings at me, and everything. And Godzilla looks massive in this. I think that what they're going to end up doing, I just this is just complete conjecture on my part, but I think it's going to end up being that the original Godzilla was killed, and this is a mutated uh, child of of that creature's that has gotten massively huge due to the radiation and that's why he's so big because he is bigger than he's ever been in this so yeah the Godzilla trailer <laughs> I had to I had to I'm in my happy place with this I'm still in my happy place um, so uh, also when S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Shield, I think is it's coming back um, but May 11th is the episode where Lady Sif is actually going to be on the show. Like, for real, we're going to have an actual Marvel movie person other than Coulson and a 10 seconds of Sam Jackson in an episode. <clears throat> and it comes on, or I'm sorry, March 11th. I'm saying May 11th. I've got Godzilla on the mind. Um, but Lady <laughs> Sif is on it. Yeah, and I know. Uh, and it, the episode's going to be called Yes Men. And uh, they released some images from it. Uh, I still don't think this is enough to make people care about this show, but who am I to judge? <sighs> Lady Sif is awesome, and she's somebody we want to see more of in those Thor movies. So I, 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 I'm almost tempted to t tune in. I got to be honest, but if if they blow I, I'm, it, I'm going to watch it. I literally will never tune of... in again. You watch yeah, everything. Like... <laughs> I watch it because it's Coulson and God freaking damn yeah. it. Yeah. Clark Gregg's cute. And he's cute. Damn you, Clark Gregg. Um, but, I, okay, <laughs> it's his I fault. know. I, it's his, <laughs> it's all your fault. You make me watch this show. Uh, the thing that I'm kind of concerned about is they're already talking about some weird comedic element with her being there where it's going to be like language barriers and she's going to take things literally and I, that's, I'm that's such a degradation to her character because part of the whole point of her character, she's the she's smart, and she's right? Badass. She's the one. Yeah, I I hope it's not some, uh, you know, what they're gonna make it into. I don't. I hope it's not that. And uh, um, but one thing that happened this week uh, was the release of Thor's uh, Thor: The Dark World, <laughs> which. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll let Rachel have her Clark Gregg moment here. <laughs> like, I just can't. You realize that I, like, was going to go over to Fangirl Kristen's house and watch that. And I'm like, no, I'm going to be good. I'm going to do Fangirl. Like, it's, have, it's one of those I, things I where all I'm doing right now is studying in Fangirl. And I was like, I have to drop everything and watch it. And I, I didn't. I'm here. You do realize so. I have it in 3D. <laughs> I have it in 3D. Don't, don't let Kristen yes, know. Yes, I have. Wait till Kristen, she hears I this. To, I can hear the little. You'll have to come <laughs> to my house and watch watch this. Um, so what what is on this is the Marvel short, All Hell the King, which focuses on uh, Trevor Slattery, who was the Mandarian, but not really. And Iron Man 3, which I've tried to blank from my mind. And with that name, that All Hell the King... <laughs> Yeah, I was hoping so hard that it would be a Loki short. And yeah, right? I, yeah, no doubt. And I kind of, I was really, really, really disappointed when I heard that, no, it's it's focusing on this, this Cockney actor who faked his, his bad guy role. And I was like, oh. Well, then I talked to Nathan, my boss over at Harham, and he said, have you watched it yet? And I told him no, and he said, you need to watch it. I think it will change your mind. And it did. Really? It's probably one of the, it's probably one of the best uh, Marvel shorts. 
uh, that I've seen him. I I really liked it. Really? I, I can't help but love that character because right. Ken Kingsley being a Cockney bastard is awesome. Right, and it right. Was a, and it's really really cool what they do with this. And um, I'm kind of wondering if this short is going to tie into the Marvel's Agents of Shield storyline. Um, at somehow, I, I it could easily be done. And I'm wondering if that's what they're going to do. Because if they did, it would it would pull the the series up from the mediocrity that it's in. And uh, well, I'm you. And I, I have I'm kind of glad you, it wasn't Loki this, because I was I was going to say I'm kind of glad that it wasn't a Loki short because I really feel that the end really makes it apparent that there needs to be a Loki movie. Hell yes, there needs to be a Loki movie. Um, but I I think that. Um, also, just by the way, if you do, when you watch this, you have to watch all of it, including the credits. Just okay. FYI. Um, but well, yeah, I really, really, <laughs> yeah, I, I really loved it. I thought it was great. I, um, I was surprisingly happy with this, even though, like I said, I couldn't stand Iron Man 3, but I liked this short. It kind of made it a little bit better, but it's still no excuse for Iron Man 3. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't redeem it completely, no. Uh, so, The Walking Dead happened again this week, and I know Rachel... Um, <laughs> happened. Rachel, uh, it happened. Now it's like you survived watching it now. <laughs> well, well, okay, here's the thing with this season, the second half of the season. Uh, and I, I tried to put in words what I think is wrong with it. Uh, it's very uneven. And, and that what I mean by that a lot of people are saying how they love this episode and how it had a lot of of uh, tension to it in some parts well the stuff with Rick that went on I anything that happens with Rick anymore I don't feel any kind of tension because they're not going to kill him I mean he's the main character now if you want to throw me a loop character. he he's the main guy if, if something happened to Rick they're I, I would be amazed. I, I would It'd be like I something would, happening would, to uh, Tyrion Lannister at this point in Game of Thrones. It, like, yeah, it, it's it's not going to happen. Um, so it can happen to everybody else, but Rick is pretty much your your steadfast and true. If they want to really throw the fans, kill Rick. But uh, right, it's not so much so that. If I they mean, ever do that, people are going to come for you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Thanks, guys. Uh, it's all her fault. No, I, I think what's going on is we had, first of all, I hate this split season crap. It's really sucky. Yeah. Uh, and 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 the other part of this is this season in particular, because they ended the first half of the season with the the prison, the big prison fight and, and uh, the takeover and, and, and the death of Herschel and all this stuff that happened. And it felt really rushed. Like they packed all of that into one episode and it, it it just felt so rushed to me. Well, when they return back to the show after a two month hiatus, it's very slow. It feels very slow and everybody's fragmented. Everybody's split up. And they're doing this thing where they're hopping around to, okay, here's this group, here's this group, here's this group. Okay, uh... next week this group, this group, this group. Okay, we're back to the other group now. Three days, th you know, another oh, weekend. Oh, that's frustrating. This group, this group. And, and yeah, I understand the whole point of it being that they're fragmented and they have to find one another again and all that kind of thing. That's fine. But for this to be how the second half of the season starts after having a, a, a mid-season break finale like that is ridiculous and it feels so off to everyone and uh, this episode claimed where we get more of Eugene and Abraham and uh, Rosita uh, they you know the new characters it's almost a disservice to them because you're getting these little fragmented bits and, and um, you know everyone's trying to is everyone's wondering well where'd our favorite people go oh the new guys are here it just it just seems really uneven to me. I guess that's the best way to describe it. It's still some of the best stuff on TV, but 
it still to the for this show it feels uneven and i think they really did a bad thing by not focusing the entire season on building up to the prison fight and having the prison fight be the finale with with the stuff that went on in season two with how that ended and and the stuff that went on with season three and how that ended this seems so odd and uneven so i don't know yeah it just feel and and what how sad is i said at that point like would at everyone need point, to be back at the same place point, for that to be fixed i i don't know because they've only got five episodes left this season and I don't know how you can fix it at this point. You know, they've already lost a lot of... Uh, they've lost some viewers, too. So they should just is, call it, like, okay, we need to finish this off strong so we can start next season not in a cluster. Yeah, I, and I don't know... I don't know how you're going to fix it. I, and I I mean, that's really the best way. I can, it just feels off. It feels uneven to me, and coming off of such a big finale to this just seems weird and 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 to have this whole last part of the season be about this i think they could have just focused more on the stories for um about the governor and utilized the character and utilized that whole conflict and gave it the due that it deserved because it was such a big deal in the comic books to have that be yeah, a mid wrap yeah. it just feels odd to me so um yeah that happened uh so we'll we'll keep you know you're we're gonna keep viewing it we're gonna keep watching but i hope they can do something to pull it out and i know a couple of secrets that i'm not going to spill um that i think i know how they're gonna end the finale i am a tease i can't i can't talk about it though sorry guys uh but one show that returned and did it with panache after its break for the nice use of panache yeah because that's what you used to describe red reddington is that is that is and can i tell you that this episode aside from being a great episode even when i even though i knew exactly how it was going down at the point where you're supposed to have the big surprise it didn't matter because they did it so well but i had some like of my old school feels (laughs) <laughs> for a Did certain the tux help? <laughs> there is a certain thing about James Spader in a tux that forever, forever. I don't care uh, that he's bald and old. I forever. He's not that Spader. old. <laughs> well, I mean, you have to remember, like he is, because we grew up with him. I mean, he was. I remember him as a uh, the evil Stacy. You know, <laughs> like I. I it's just. It, we're we're getting old. I mean, that's just how it is. But I mean, like he, there was just, he was everything. He was everything in that tux. He was everything. I'll have in that you tux. know that James Spader is only a year younger than Peter Capaldi. He is fifty four. Yeah, but that's still like twenty twenty two years older than me. I am almost forty. Don't go there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> But much like Jake Spader, you're just getting more refined with age. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Try to suck up. You got you got like ten, less than ten minutes to suck up to me. Um, okay, so. but this this episode was great because they um, came back um, and immediately jumped into a great story with um, Jennifer Ely, who a lot of people is an underrated actress here in the states. But in the states, you might know her because she was in um, Elizabeth Bennett. She was Elizabeth Bennett, but she and um, unfortunately, it sounds like she was in RoboCop. But uh, yeah, <laughs> she's a great actress, and she she's the kind of woman that has the depth to pull off. You could see that this character is actually interested in her, and that oh, yeah. was so you know. Well, and the other thing I liked about this episode was, um we got the episode's called Madeline Pratt and as we know each episode is named for someone on the blacklist and just turned out that she was on the blacklist for Red um and Red and and uh, Madeline Pratt have a past and what I liked about this was 
we got a little peek into Red's past and a lot of it from him. But at one point, he's telling a very personal story, but then you don't know if it's true after it's over. He's such a, a good player that you don't know. He's just the kind of guy... He's just the kind of guy that would ex- exploit a personal story like that to tell the truth, especially to someone he cares about. Because he obviously actually cares about her. But at the right. same time, you know that he's just enough of a bastard to make up a heartbreaking story just to break her. So it's it's a beautiful scene, and the two of them in it are just... It's just great TV. It's phenomenal. And um, also one of the best fake gay acting scenes ever James <laughs> what was that I don't know it just came to me <laughs> it seemed appropriate what was the line such a great line and it's Something great because like it wasn't like <clears throat> I don't, I don't think got... it was disrespectful or like you know uh, you know it was done just with it was just great you gotta wonder if he improvised it you right? gotta wonder because he's such a bastard you'd think that it, uh, James Spader is the kind of guy I would think could improvise he's one of those RDJ guys that you think would be able to improvise something that ridiculous <laughs> but um, just, it, the, this... and the whole pl- subplot with the guy that she's with that totally doesn't deserve her <clears throat> god I hate the, him the... I hate him Get rid of him. I, I, you know, if if she turns out to be his daughter, I'm going to be so pissed because I want them together. I, you know, she's his daughter. I, but you know what? They've said they've already established that they've. I don't. You don't know. They've left it so. You yeah, don't know. they have. But I, he, ha, she, he has. She has to be. The thing that I took out of this, and I don't know if you caught it, but he tells her this story, and I'm thinking, okay, say this story is true. What is his reason for telling her this story? And I started to wonder, maybe um, Jennifer Ely's character caused all that, and maybe she doesn't even know it. Maybe she indirectly caused it. I don't know. I know she's probably going to be back. I, I have a feeling. I um, so. The the depressing part of all of this blacklist talk is the fact that we've only got three episodes left, and then we have <laughs> to wait. And, and then we have to wait till September because this, in fact, was renewed for twenty two episodes next season Yay! instead of just seventeen this season. You know what? I'm a, I'm in the Sherlock fandom. I can wait till September. <laughs> for well, yeah. You guys have, we have the, uh, the patience of Mo, you know, Moses. Um, the other um, awesome thing, though, that I am super stoked. The, uh, the thing that I'm most excited about, though, upcoming on the show is the, the season finale is going to be written by Joe freaking Carnahan. Oh and he wrote, I, he wrote, I believe, he's written a couple of these episodes. And um, he is also the guy responsible for the... He directed the pilot, but he's also the guy, you know, I was responsible for the gray and for the Mm A-team. And uh, the guy knows how to make good action. I I have a sickness when it comes to the A-team. It's it's called Charlton Copley. It's called Charlton Copley. Don't don't, don't lie. (laughs) I know. I'm not lying. Um, Also, Hannibal (laughs) returns... Hannibal, speaking of sickness, returns tomorrow night as of this, this airing. And the the uh, pilot, or I'm sorry, the premiere, the season two premiere, is called Keseki, uh, which is uh, the, a word for a traditional multi-course Japanese dinner. And it also is a term that refers to a collection of skills and techniques that allow the preparation of such meals and are analogous to Western hot cuisine. Hot cuisine? Hot cuisine. Hot cuisine. Hot cuisine. And so um, I'm curious because if you know the history of Hannibal Lecter like I do, I believe he was, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, he was raised slightly, well, he was actually rescued by um, his Japanese aunt um, in, uh, in Hannibal Rising, at least. So he is very familiar with um with Japanese culture 
So uh, have you seen the gift sets of him fighting with uh, with Lawrence Morpheus. Fishburne? <laughs> yeah, have you seen I, those I've, gift sets yet? I have watched that trailer. I and I've seen him a number of times just he, to see him in that white shirt and covered in blood. He said that uh, that uh, Lawrence Fishburne is actually much larger than him. And so they actually like went and got into sort of actually fighting in that scene. And he said he realized that he was in trouble at one point and that if he didn't cheat, he was never going to win. And so they actually worked that into the scene. So I'm really that excited to see how that plans out. Oh right? my god, I'm I'm going to have to take a moment after after watching this, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um but yes, uh Hannibal's aunt uh was Lady Murasaki. And if you've seen Hannibal Rising, and you can watch it, it is available to stream on Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, um, it's free to, to watch it. Um, so I'm curious to see if we go back into some of Hannibal's past with this. It'd be interesting to see if they do that. Well, and I'm interested to see how they play with canon, because I love the fact that they're not making it completely canonical, but they play with enough of it that it's very satisfying. Oh yeah, I'm 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 stoked. I don't know. I'm oh, I've been waiting for this to come back. I've I've actually gone back through and marathon through the entire hey. first season and cuz I have a sickness and it's called Mads Mikkelsen. You know, I made wa Ian watch it cuz I'm like I'm not going to watch the second season without you because you need to watch this. And it it kind of messed with him. He's like he's like it's really difficult because they do a really good job of making this guy like feel like he's going crazy i'm like isn't it great he's like i don't know that this is healthy <laughs> <laughs> right and i love how they've got him trussed up like hannibal from the movies now um will yes! is in his mask and everything it's so great um but before we get to our special guest miss uh christy emery from for the wolf one more real quick announcement the veronica mars movie is actually going to get yeah, I am very excited about this because I love this show, as in mm. many people, as evident by the fact that the Kickstarter kicked ass. Uh, it is actually going to be opening in theaters on March 14th, and it will also be available on demand at the same time. Yay. So if it, doesn't, if it doesn't come to your theater, you can at least watch it on at home. So um, be very happy. You get you get Veronica Mars back and everybody came back for this so that's pretty phenomenal um, so with that um, let's get to our special guest Miss Christy Emery from For the Wolf and stay tuned after the interview because we will be premiering the single from their new record Turn on the Dark on Horror Hound Records yeah and um, if you'd like to catch these it's guys exciting. live it's they're a good band they are a damn good band, and they kick some major butt. Um, if you want to catch these guys live, be sure to come to Horror Hound Weekend next month uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio. And you will uh, be able to catch them on Saturday night. <clears throat> and uh, that's the same night as the water park party. We got a lot of stuff going on, major concerts, and a water park party where we take over an entire water park until 1 in the morning. Which is didn't I hear one year no that uh, Elvira that Elvira <laughs> went down the water slide in her full costume? That was a rumor I heard. I don't know if it's true. I, I Elvira didn't do it, but every other horror host did, and that was a hilarious <laughs> thing to watch. It was nuts. That's and Kitty awesome. Zombie, the 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 zombie with the brain of a kitty, um, who is so sweet, went down it in his full on battle gear. With his glowing red That's eyes and everything. Awesome. I can't He's believe so they let him do though. it. Kitty zombie <laughs> is the man. Um, or the zombie. Or the kitty. Uh, so, that being said, Horror Home Weekend, come to it. If you're not, uh, it, there's still, I believe, tickets available. Uh, it's going to be an awesome, awesome convention. We're going to have a, the biggest Evil Dead reunion ever. Uh, Evil Dead 1 and 2 going to happen. Ted Raimi's going to be there. Bruce Campbell's going to be there. Um, Norman uh -huh. Reedus did, in fact, have to cancel. But we did pretty good with, with uh, replacement. We, Yeah, I know. Um, Clifton Collins Jr. is going to be there. <gasps> How cool! Everybody's going to be there. 
Uh, so it's going to be an amazing show. And uh, like I said, we are doing a live a live performance, and I know God knows how we're going to clean up after this, of the Evil Dead musical, which oh, uh, the first... The first three rows are splash zone for blood, so I don't know how we're going to do this without having something ruined at the hotel. <laughs> um, uh. But yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be crazy. So Horror Weekend, Cincinnati, Ohio, come check it out. Um, this will also be the first time ever available for the Turn on the Dark record to be uh, purchased. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a great show. There's going to be a lot of exclusive stuff going on at this. And what, but if you can't make it, you will be able to get the record on horrorhoundrecords.com after the show. And uh, with that, let's bring on Christy. And uh, thank you all for listening. Hope you had uh, fun watching the or listening to us ramble. And as I said, stay tuned for the premiere of Creativity Riot. So everybody, I would like to welcome Miss Christy Emery from For the Wolf, the newest band to be signed to the Horrorhound Records label. And they are going to be part of the uh, Saturday night massive concert at Horrorhound Weekend uh, on March 22nd, along with Calabrese, Harley Poe, American Werewolves, and the Creeping Cruds, which is going to be an awesome show. But For the Wolf um, is an amazing band, and um, I'd love to uh, welcome Christy to the show. Hi, Christy. Yay! Hi. Hi. Thanks for joining so, us. So, um... For the Wolf is an amazing band. They're they're a horror band, but not they they have their own sound, which is pretty pretty phenomenal. It's it's a meshing of of I would say like Paramore and um, Evanescence with a little bit of of like '90s and uh, early 2000. Um, I, I think you were calling it stoner rock on on some of the descriptions that you gave of your sound and. Uh, it's really phenomenal. I, I, I absolutely love your guys' work. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, it's it's really weird. We It's so hard for us to, to pin a, a genre name on us because it's like we're so many different things. It's really, like, it's really difficult. Do you have um, some, do you have specific influences that you, you um, took to create this sound? Because it really is different from any of the, what you could consider horror rock out there. It's, it's, it's its own uh, sort of genre. Oh no, you're breaking out. Uh-oh. Did I break up? Uh-oh. Yeah, you broke up a little bit, but uh, go ahead back? and. Um, okay, I think what? you're back now. <laughs> Okay, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, um, so wh what I was asking was, uh, your 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 sound is is so different from most of what we consider horror rock out there right now. It's it's its own sort of subgenre. Did you have any influences um, when you guys were starting out that really influenced your sound? Um, yeah, that's what was so crazy about it because all five of us were like we each listen to our own thing. Like, my husband and I are, like, the big punk rock kids. And then my brother, Jeremy, the guitarist, he's, like, a total metalhead. Like, that's what he loves. And then Rocky's, like, into the hardcore scene. And Noah, the drummer's into, like, that, like, hipster, indie, pitchfork stuff. Like, all the poppy stuff. So, so coming <laughs> together and starting the band out was really difficult. Because it was like, I want it to sound like this. And I want it to sound like this. And it kind of just meshed together and became what it is now. And it really had to do with, we were just like, okay, we've got to have a set sound. Like we have to try and do something. So at the time we were listening to a lot of like uh, Ghost BC and, and Black Sabbath and uh, Bayside. So like there was a lot of different sounds and we put them together and here we are. Well, and I love the fact that, you know, you're you're the lead singer of this group and there's not uh, you know, I can't I can count on maybe one hand all of the horror like, you know, like you got Horror Pops who has a female lead singer um and and a couple others, but it's so rare um to find uh, a band like this with a female lead and you're you've got like a really powerful vocal and you're very you're very you stand out and I love that. I think it's really amazing. Um did you kind of oh, have you. a a, a Oh, no worries. Uh, did you have a, uh, 
how, what was the reaction to you being the lead singer for the band um, by the people when you first started out? Um, well, it's still kind of the same. Like, I walk into the bar that we're playing, and everyone's like, hey, how are you doing? blah de blah blah I see you coming with the band. I assume you're the girlfriend. And <laughs> they pass me off. And then I get to the bar, and I say, hey, can I have a glass of water? And can I have a beer for the guitarist over there? Oh, we can only give beers to the band. Uh, yeah, I'm in the band. <laughs> yes, that's me. No, 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 they told me there would be no girls. Well, they lied. I'm here. Hello. <laughs> and then I go up on stage, and they're like, I had no idea. Like, everyone's always so surprised. Like, I guess I'm kind of quiet when I'm off stage, and then I get on stage, and it's like, kick you in your mouth. <laughs> Well, well I, I, I've, I, I used to be in music, and I used to have that happen all the time. Where you know the guys would be sitting around playing guitar, and I'd get go up, can I play guitar? And they're like, oh sure, honey, you know. And then you play, and they're yeah. like, oh you can play. Like no, I was just gonna sit down here and embarrass myself. That was gonna happen. Yeah, for real. <laughs> no, I was just carrying in all the equipment because it's the girl's job now. <laughs> We're in reverse day, and yeah. But do you find that it's mostly terrible. in? Um, do you find that in? I mean, obviously in the bar scene and in different things. But when when you go and people are expecting the the kind of music you do, do you think that the horror community is more open to that, or is that something that you're kind of still breaking into having the acceptance? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I hope the horror kids like it. We just. With this record, we kind of were like, you know, I don't care anymore, and I, I'm not going to live up to any expectations, and this is, I'm going to write about whatever I want to write about, and I'm not going to hold back, and like, this was the album that we did not hold back on, and everything we loved just no. came out of it, and and horror is definitely one of our big loves, like, and having that with our music makes it all the more fun, so I hope that the horror kids can relate to it and that they love it as much as we do because we're just like them. I mean, we we go to, we went to Horror Hound all year last year, both events, and we were there the whole weekend. We surprised nice. we surprised Jessica a little bit showing up in the second one. She thought we showed up for one day. We were like, no, we've been here all week. We've been at panels. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your favorite yes. kinds of panels to see at a horror convention? Like what kind of movies? What's your thing? Oh, my gosh. Well, can I ask a broader question? Good way, way to put her on the spot, Chrissy. Sorry, I was going to say I, a good way to I, put, put Chrissy on the spot. Oh no, it's totally fine, totally fine. But uh, I like the panels that nobody really goes to because those end up being the best ones ever, like ever. And honestly, the best panel I've been to so far has been the one that uh, you hosted with the Nightmare on Elm Street two. Oh, thank you. Like, was it Indianapolis? Yeah, yeah. it was the one that with one. Uh, the night, Freddy versus Jason, um, Freddy versus Jason panel, which was amazing. That was a, such a thrill to do. Yeah, it was really fun. But uh, well, yeah, and like movie wise, my my top favorite horror movies of all time is uh, definitely the original Night of the Demons. Um, the original My Bloody Valentine, My Bloody Valentine. None of this like remake crap because that was crap and makes me mad, <laughs> and I don't like to look at it or talk about it or think about it. And uh, I'm sorry, traumatizing you by bringing it up. <laughs> I know I'm totally traumatized. I'm like, oh, oh, such a good story. What have you done? It's terrible. And the burning because Jason Alexander is like crazy hot in that movie. I don't know if you knew this, but he oh, had a lot oh, of hair at one time. <laughs> he was a handsome fella. Tell you what. He, and he had a full head of hair. He totally did. And like with stocky, like kind of, you know, stocky buffed out a little bit. Like, <laughs> oh, George, what happened? It's true. <laughs> well, and, and uh, I was going to say, um, uh, you know, so I was going to say, Harham uh, Weekend this March is going to be kind of ridiculous uh, with the Evil Dead panel that's going to be happening. And are, are so are you guys planning on being there the whole weekend and, and just stalking everybody like like we all will be? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Like, it's really hard now because this time we have to sit at our booth and man our stuff, which is great, and I'm really excited to do that. But now we have to, like, plan out and shift, like, who's going to go see what panel? And we're like, okay, <laughs> you want to go see Evil Dead and you want to do the Boondock Fate ones? Okay, that's cool. I'm going to go to Full Moon. Like, it's just, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I think the the biggest one is going to be the Evil Dead panel because it's going to be everybody. Sure. And uh it and uh are are you, are you excited about the Evil Dead musical live that we're going to be having on Friday night? Oh my god, so excited because I miss it every time. <laughs> it's like in Oklahoma City every year and I miss every year and then every year Kobe and I say we're going to go to the next one. And it doesn't work out because it sells out so fast. So I'm I'm so pumped about that. I have never gotten to see it, and I wanted to go to it in Vegas, but this just makes me happy. And hopefully, at some point, we'll we'll have we'll get the Reanimator musical. Oh my God! Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I made her happy with that. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to ask. Um, uh, it, it sounds like you're ready for the con. It, obviously, I think we're all just ready to get our con on with uh, Harden. Yeah. Um, but what was it like for you? Now, did you grow up in Oklahoma? Oh yeah, born and raised. Um, How? What was it like was growing born... up for you as a as a horror fan uh, growing up in in Oklahoma? I'm curious if it was anything similar to what I went through in Illinois. Um, probably. Being in the Bible Belt <laughs> makes it a little difficult. For sure. But uh, I don't know. Like, (laughs) my mom was always, that was our thing. And I remember being like four or five years old and staying up late at night and watching Tales from the Crypt with my mom. And, you know, it was all dark and we'd have the popcorn and I'd fall asleep on the floor watching it. And I didn't, I wouldn't have nightmares and I wouldn't get scared. So my mom was like, okay, you just, you go ahead and watch it. She knew that I understood that it wasn't, wasn't real. So now I'm the oldest of six kids, and I'm the only one of them other than my other brother that can sit and watch horror movies with my mom because everyone else is, oh, it's so scary. So, <laughs> like, that's, I don't that know. That sounds eerily the, similar to, to me. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And then in high school it got weird because, you know, being in the Bible Belt and, oh, it was bad. Like, I would well, I like this movie. Like, I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, well, you're going to have a demon in you now. Like, yeah, it was just <laughs> terrible. Yeah. I'm like, now, yeah, a demon's going to jump out of the screen. Leatherface. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, yo, dog, what up? <laughs> I know. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Can I hold that up, That's cool. <laughs> Don't kill me too hard. <laughs> Can I dance with you? But yeah, it was kind of hard. Yeah, and I, I was just curious because it, it um it's it's Women in Horror Month, by the way. I don't I, I don't know if you're aware of that. Uh, I did anyway. know that. Yeah, that's and it makes me happy that we're having you on our 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 last episode of of the month. So uh, it's kind of a nice little mini celebration for it. And and I was just talking to on another podcast um about it, and it just it's it's great to see more creative women in 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 the genre. Uh, like you, you know, it's not a scream queen thing. There's artists and writers and singers and performers in within it, not just scream queens. So it just it's awesome yeah. to have you on presenting it. So thank you. Cool. You're welcome. Well, and and before we let you go, we're going to mm-hmm. announce uh, the single that we're premiering on this episode from your upcoming Ooh. album, Turn on the Dark. And it's called Creativity Riot. And uh, wow. I'm pretty, I, I, I love this song. It's a, can you give us a little bit of background really quickly on, on how you came to write it? Oh, yeah. It is one of my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is an awesome song. I, I got to tell yeah. you. <laughs> um, okay. Partly, partially about this album, I've, the first album, I've got some angry songs. I'm pretty mad because I'm really nice to everybody, and that's how I got to get it out. I just got to get out my anger through music, and it helps because no one listens. So this album was like, I was done. I was like, this is it. 
I'm going to just go all out. I don't care who I talk about. I don't care what I say. Like, I don't care who gets offended, but it's going to happen. And this song was like the first song that I wrote when I decided that, where I was just like, I'm going all out. I don't even care. And it's about, uh, it's about a certain band around here in the Tulsa area that uh, every time they play with us, they're always just like so jealous it feels like and we didn't know why like they're way bigger than us around here they're way bigger than us around here and but every time we play a show with them they won't come and stand up at the front during our shows but they will for everyone else they won't we played we played uh with power man 5000 with them and they said thanks everybody for coming out thanks to this band this band this band and we're blah 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 <laughs> and the start of the show and totally skipped us <laughs> and we were like, really? Like, what is happening? And these guys are like, do? yeah, I know. I'm just like, we're just writing songs. I don't know what I did to you. But, like, they're like 40, 50-year-old guys getting mad at, at us. And we're like, come on. So I just, like, got super pissed one day. <laughs> and I wrote that song. Oh man, that is an, I, I I was not expecting that story, but that story is an awesome. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it makes it's it crazy. So much better. <laughs> what makes it better is every time we play a show with them, I make sure we play that song. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> That's rad. Right. Okay, my 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 uh, my fandom for this band has just tripled just because of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I could do that for you. You're welcome. That is great. That is great. So, everybody, I want to thank uh, Christy for coming on the show. Um, check uh, for, for the Wolf out at Horrorhound Weekend in March. Um, March 22nd will be the night of the mini concerts, and they will be one of the awesome ones performing on stage. You will be able to get the record that this song is on at the show for the first time ever, and then it will be available on HorrorHoundRecords.com after that. Um, so, Christy, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Yay, thank you for having me. It was awesome. And uh, everybody, Creativity Riot. And you, you band, the band, you know who you are. You know this who is you for are. you. <laughs>